Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Let's go to 2 Kings tonight. 2 Kings chapter 4. And uh, I want to deal with this subject of causing God to act through a seed. And uh, 2 Kings chapter 4. And uh, we'll begin in verse 9. Let's start in verse 8 so we can get our complete context. It says, It fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as often as he passed by, he turned in there to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there, notice, a bed, a table, a stool, a candlestick, and it shall be when he comes to us that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said unto unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, you've been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for you? Would you be spoken to for the king or to the captain of the host? She said, I dwell among my own people. And he said, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily she hath no child, and her husband's old. And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood at the door. And he said, About this season, according to the time of life, you'll embrace a son. And she said, No, my Lord, man of God, don't lie unto your handmaiden. Now notice some things here. This woman built this room because she perceived that Elisha was a man of God, right? She said, I perceive this is a holy man of God, so let's make this, this room. She brought him into her house in the beginning to be hospitable. She brought him in in the beginning to be nice because it was a custom, obviously, in the Jewish nation to feed, to help strangers. She wasn't in great financial need because it it says she was a great woman. She said here, I dwell among my own people. So I I don't have a financial issue, all right? Verse 13 tells us, she said, uh, would you be, uh, you've been careful for us with all this care? Would you be spoken to of the king or the captain of the host? And she said, I dwell among my own people. So she didn't give out a need. 
right? And sometimes when we read this, we think, well, you know, a little chamber, and it was this little room, and they had a little bed, and, and a little table, and a stool, and a little candlestick, and it shall, you know, and so it's this quaint little place, you know, where the poor prophet could come in and eat his dry bread and water, you know, and just kind of, no, when, when you look at this, this woman went all out. She fixed this up nice. Amen. Just something is not honor. Right? I, what I give to God, what the seed that I sow, I want to make sure it's honoring God. And so she wasn't giving out of need. She gave cheerfully and willingly. Cheerfully and willingly. That's what we read in 2 Corinthians 9. Now notice something. It goes on and it says, when the child, verse 18, when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father, to the reapers, and he said to his father, my head, my head, and he said to a lad, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees until noon, and notice, and then he died. And then he died. Hallelujah. When the child died, her first thought was to take her need back to her seed. When you face a challenge, you've got to take that need back to your seed. Because your faith is in the seed, not in the need. Amen. Amen. Yeah, but I've got a multitude of financial problems. Yeah, but if you have seed in the ground, you need to take your need back to your seed. So she took, notice, her need back to her seed. Verse 21, And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. She laid him up on the bed of the man of God and went out. Do you see this? Pastor Michelle wrote in her book, Finding God's Answers, she said she took him to the place of the Word and laid him on the Word. She took him back to the place where the seed had been sown. Amen. Do you see this? This woman's seed followed her and continued to produce years later, not just in the raising of her son, Notice, if you come down here, in verse 25, it says, She went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel, and it came to pass when the man of God saw her far off, he said to Gehazi, his servant, Yonder's that Shunammite. Y'all didn't know he's from Arkansas, did you? Yonder's that Shunammite. <laughs> Run now, I pray thee, to meet her and say unto her, Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, it's well. Now, now we've heard this ministered on, I'm, I'm certain, a number of times. And, and you know, that, that, that even in her, it's taught that even in her pain and in her sorrow, you know, she was just, she was saying, it's well, it's well. It's not what she was doing. It's not what she was saying. She had settled the issue. God gave me this child. I have taken him back to my place where I sowed the seed. I've laid him on the word of God. This is how it is going to be. Faith looks beyond. 
Faith not only calls things that be not as though they were. Faith looks beyond. Faith looks beyond what is and looks to the promise of God. Right now, your faith is looking past what you can see physically and it's latching hold of and taking hold of the promise of God. And when we say something's happening by faith, very often people think it's just this, that something's happening by faith. I don't see it. I don't understand it. But somehow it's going to happen. If something's happening by faith, faith has hooked on, faith has taken hold, and faith is bringing into the realm of the natural what exists in the spirit right now. Faith is that rope, that chain, that connector that goes into the spirit realm and attaches itself to what God has promised you and will bring it to you. If I will not let up on what I believe. Amen. This woman really believed it was well. The Hebrew is, is there peace? Well, you know, there's not much peace if your 18-year-old child died. Not much peace there. But she had settled the issue. He's back in the place of the seed. He's on the Word of God. This is how it's going to be in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you see that? This woman's seed followed her and continued to produce. If, if, if you look in uh, verse 36, it says, And he called Gehazi and said, Call this Shunammite. He called her, and when she was come in unto him, he said, Take up your son. Then the woman went in, fell at his feet, bowed herself to the ground, and took up her son and went out. So yes, her son was raised from the dead. Amen. But her seed followed her beyond that. 2 Kings chapter 8. And uh, verse 1. It says, Then spake Elisha unto the woman whose son he had raised to life, saying, Arise and go, you and your household, and sojourn wherever you can, for the Lord hath called for a famine. And it shall also come up on the land seven years. And the woman rose and did after the saying of the man of God. And she went with her household and sojourned in the land of the Philistines seven years. And it came to pass at, at the seven years in that the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines. And she went to cry unto the king for her house and her land. And the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God saying, Tell me, I pray you, all the great things that Elisha has done. And it came to pass as he was telling the king how he had raised a dead body to life, that the woman, behold the woman, whose son he had restored to life, cried to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, My lord king, this is the woman, and this is her son that Elisha restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him, so the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that was hers. Now watch. And all the fruit of the field since the day she left the land even until now. She sojourned in the land of the Philistines seven years. 
when she came back to get her stuff to ask for it back, yeah, he gave her the house and land. And then he said, and give her all the harvest for the last seven years. Amen. Amen. Your seed speaks for you long after it's been sown. Amen. When you sow a seed, it leaves your hand, but it never leaves your life. It leaves your hand, but it never leaves your existence. Hallelujah. It's not just donating. I tell people all the time here, if you're just donating, do yourself a favor. Keep your money. Because you're not going to get a harvest off a donation. You only get a harvest off of a seed. This woman sowed a seed into the life of the man of God. And she not only got her son back in an emergency, she got back everything that was taken from her in a time of famine. And seven years of harvest beyond that. Amen. Do you see that? So what? Have you sowed that you haven't seen the harvest on yet? Keep pointing your need to your seed. Because it's speaking for you. Look at Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Glory to God. And verse 1, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man, one that feared God with all of his house, that gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. And notice, he saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Your alms, your prayers, and your alms are come up as a memorial before God. Hallelujah. The word alms, it means compassion, especially towards the poor. It it comes from a word that means... uh, Compassion, human or divine, but especially active, active compassion. So he showed mercy, because mercy by definition is active compassion. So he showed mercy by helping people. And notice, the angel said, yes, your prayers and your alms are come up as a memorial. The word memorial means a reminder or a record. A reminder or a record. So there are people who say God's not that interested in money. Then why does he keep a record of what you give? Oh, it got quiet. Actually, it's been quiet all service. Why does he keep a record if it's not important to him? Because God's a good bookkeeper. How much harvest does he know to give if he doesn't keep a record of what you've sowed? I'm amazed sometimes at people that they'll keep very meticulous records about what they do personally and and what goes out and what comes in. But if you ask them what they give, they don't know. 
That should be your most meticulous record keeping is what I have in the ground of the kingdom. Because I need to know what I can go back and expect. Amen. And so he keeps a record. It was a reminder or a record. So Cornelius' giving moved God to pour out his spirit on his household. That's the next thing that we see happening. Very often, things are held back in people's lives because of a lack of seed. A lack of giving. You can sow seed now for grandchildren you don't even have. That their lives will be touched by the gospel. Or whatever it may be. I'm sowing right now, so there's no lack in my family's life, my family's future at all. None. No, no lack. Why? Because the scripture says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but I want my I want my grandkids at my home going, leaving, going, what Papa leave you? <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Many things are held back because of a lack of sowing in in people's lives. And uh, when I come, when I understand that, then I understand the significance of my seed. That it's not just to produce a financial return. It's affecting things spiritually. Money at its root is spiritual. It's not physical, spiritual. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 1 that all things were created by Jesus and without him was not anything made that was made. Everything was created by him. Finances were created by the Father. And at the root, it's spiritual. It's not physical. If you just look at money as a dollar bill or a hundred dollar bill or $5,000 or $10,000, see, we, we look at it in the terms of, boy, that's a lot of money. $10,000, boy, that's a lot of money. Not to God. But a million dollars isn't a lot of money to God. $10 million isn't a lot of money to God. A dollar's not a little amount to God. It's, it's, it's the heart. It's, 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 it's the, 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 the spirit that it's given in. Amen. In Matthew 26... Matthew chapter 26. Verse 6. It says, Now when Jesus was in, the, in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste or this dead loss? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said, Why do you trouble the woman? Because she's wrought a good work on me. For you have the poor always. Now, why do you always have the poor? (laughs) 
because they don't sow. You know, you're not predisposed to be poor because of where you're from or where you came from, what family you were in, what ethnicity you may be. You know, you may not believe this, but it's a verified fact. Little Rock, Arkansas, per capita, has more millionaires in it than any, any city in America. Per capita, more millionaires in Little Rock than any city in America. But yet when people talk about our state and about the cities, they, they talk, you know, we're, we're kind of a rural state and you know, backwoods, Arkansas people. Yeah, we richer than you. But, but my point is, you, that, that means something. That you, you can't put a cap on what you're able to receive because of where you're from. Amen. There are people who say, well, you know, I, I can't expect much. I don't have much education. That's a self-imposed limit that a seed can break. But you got to get past that. Where is it written in the Bible if you have a really good education, you'll be really blessed. It's not there. Now, they're, they're, now, right on the other hand, don't go the religious route either and talk bad about education. Because you don't want to do that either. We, we, we need to educate ourselves. But here's what I'm saying. That's not the source of my blessing. Right? My, my, my victory, my harvest comes from the seed. The woman is sowing a seed, and the disciples, mainly Judas, when you read it in, in another gospel, cannot get past their covetousness because they know the amount of money that that costs. And he was thinking, boy, we could have put all that in the bag, and I could have had access to all of it. They're not thinking about the seed that was sown. And Jesus said, look, you, the poor you'll always have with you. Isn't, isn't that interesting? You'll hear people that have a, a problem with prosperity and they'll say, well, you know, I saw that guy's watch. I saw that preacher's watch or his plane or his house or whatever. He could sell that watch and give to the poor. Well, you could sell your watch and give to the poor. Well, I don't wear a Rolex. I wear a Timex. Well, it costs something, didn't it? If it's $60, you can give that to the poor. Right? Am, am I helping you with this? See, people, people come up with all these reasons, you know, that, that you shouldn't have because somebody else needs what you have, and if you have something nice, you need to get rid of it and give it to the poor. Jesus said you're always going to have the poor because the poor won't enter into seed time and harvest. Remember that poverty is not a physical condition. Poverty is a mindset. Being poor is a mindset. Amen. Are you with me? And people say, well, you know, they're just born into poverty and that's just the way it is and, it, and it's a generational thing. It's a generational thing because nobody will break it. Because nobody will stop thinking that way and get a hold of the Word of God and sow their way out. There's nobody in this room, I promise you, nobody that has less education than me. No one. No one in this room. 
I promise you. If, if, if you do, it's very surprising. Amen. But God has been good to Philip. Amen. I cannot contribute anything God's done for me to anything I did on my own. It's because what God said, we did what God said, and God did what He said. Amen. So He said, the poor you'll have with you always. But me, you won't always have. And notice, for in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. She's sowing this seed. She's sowing something that's going to be a testimony. He said, truly I say to you, wherever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world. Did he say the whole world? This also that this woman has done will be told for a, here's that word again, a memorial to her. The Message Bible says what she has just done is going to be remembered and admired because of what she did. Well, we're talking about it tonight. Other ministers probably talked about it today. Why? Because he said, everywhere this gospel's preached, she'll be remembered. For what? What's she remembered for? Oh, the kind act she did to Jesus. The seed she sowed. See, that's how religion thinks. They think, this, they, they, they think this woman didn't get anything for this. She's admired everywhere because of this seed. Amen. When you come to this, when you come to this understanding, I told a young couple one time that was uh, struggling. And uh, I was explaining to them, the only way out of your poverty is to sow your way out. They got mad. Well, I just, I just, it's, it's the biblical way. And so the disciples looked at this seed and they said, well, what is this waste? What is this waste? Think about this for a moment. Is it more important that the president of Dillard's has a jet to fly back and forth to his meetings or is it more important that a man of God has a jet so he can get to his meetings? Which one's more important? But the world says the preacher doesn't need a jet. What's he doing with the jet? Those things cost millions of dollars. Right. But they don't think one thing about it if Budweiser has ten of them. See, because their mindset is not seed mindset. It's, it's, it's a poverty mindset. They are rich and they are billionaires and they need it. What does the preacher need it for? To get the gospel out. Or, or anybody. People might drive by your house and say, why they need a big house like that? What if I don't need it? What if I just wanted it? Right? See, my mindset has to change because God will act through that seed. God will act through that seed. We know this woman was a giver because her seed cost her something. And it was valuable to her. This wasn't something that was just sitting on the shelf that she didn't care anything about. Some people say over a year's wages, and I believe that. 
but she broke it and poured it on Jesus. Value of a seed is not judged by how much or how big. It's judged on what it means to the giver. It's judged by what it means to the giver. If it means something to you, it means something to God. I remember uh, my parents, of course, were ministers my whole life. Mom still is ministering. And uh, uh, he, my dad went to heaven in April. And uh, uh, he told the, uh, this, this story several times, uh, you know, that when they were pastoring their first church in, in Wilmington, Ohio, uh, we needed everything. Uh, I was born there. I wasn't born yet. They needed everything. And uh, in any event, uh, needed table and chairs and, and furniture and bed and needed everything. And so a lady at the church said, well, said, uh, come on out to the house. She said, I've got a table and chairs that I'll give you. And he said, okay. And so he went out to the house and, and, and got there. And she said, come on around back. So they went around back and he took her around back and, and down the path and to the chicken coop. And sure enough, there sitting in the chicken coop was a table and four chairs. And she said, here you go. Let me bless you with this. Now, I've often thought, I don't know who, who was more wrong, her for giving it or him for taking it. <laughs> but see, that wasn't a seed. That was not a seed. That woman did not get blessed for that because it wasn't a seed. It was something she didn't care about. It's evident she didn't care about it because it's in the chicken coop. Am I helping you with this tonight? If you want to bless somebody with something, you don't go find something you don't want and you don't care about. You get something that means something to you. Right? That's a seed. Seed is the most precious thing a farmer has. Because a seed produces a harvest. And they don't just sow any seed, they sow the best seed. The biggest expense in a farmer's life is his expenditure for seed. He will go in debt to get seed. Why? Because the seed will bring him out of debt. The harvest. Amen. And so that's why you look at a big farming operation and they have a lot of money invested in tools to sow seed and reap a harvest. Amen. You can't, you can't go buy a tractor for $59.99. Amen. They're up there around $150,000. Why? Because a harvest is important. You know your harvest is important. And so, then, of course, they needed a, a bed. And so another lady said, well, come on out to the house. I think I'd have learned my lesson, the first one. Come on out to the house. And so they went out to the house, and she said, come on around back. And right there I'm thinking, don't go around back. Don't, don't go around back. It's like in the scary movies. It's like, don't go in that door. Don't, don't. Eek, eek, eek. Don't go in the door. Right? 
And, and so he went around back, and, and she said, well, come on down here. And they went to the barn. It's getting worse, isn't it? And they went to the barn, went up in the loft, and sure enough, there set a bed up on blocks. Now, again, I don't know who was more wrong, her for giving it or him for taking it. But here's the thing, and I love my dad, loved my, loved my dad with all my heart, but hear me. Here's the issue. He had been indoctrinated that you just take what people give you because after all, you're a, a, a minister, you're a pastor, and you just take what people give you. Right? And so consequently, he had a lot of junk for far too long in his life. Amen. Amen. That wasn't a seed. That was something they didn't want. That was something they didn't want. I remember watching a, a training program one time uh, for a church, and, the, and they were talking about giving to missionaries and how you wanted to really bless missionaries. And you know how most churches have like a, 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 a tie offering for the missionary, you know, where the people bring tithes for the mission. Tithes, not tithes, tithes, right? For, for the missionary, and they bring clothes. And, and so the pastor was presenting the tie offering to the missionary, and he stopped and he goes, oh, well, there's one of my good ones. How'd that get in there? And so, oh, <laughs> right. Hallelujah. Now, while this may be elementary, and you may say, well, you know, that's, that's simple. It is simple. But here's the thing. If it means nothing to you, what does it mean to God? When David was looking for a place to sacrifice, he went to the man, and the man said, take the ox, take all the implements, take everything, I'll give it to you. And David said what? I will offer to the Lord nothing that costs me nothing. Because it's, it's a seed to God. It's an honor to God. And so when you're preparing for your giving and you're preparing for your tithing and you're preparing for your sowing, it's something that you do, that you prepare for. How am I going to honor God this week with what I'm doing? Because when I come up the aisle and I put my, my money in that container, it is, it, I'm not given to a man, I'm not given to a church, I'm not given to a fellowship, I'm bringing an offering to God. It's the Lord's offering. Amen. And sometimes people talk about and think that offerings aren't important. The first murder in the Bible was over an offering. They're important. Amen. So, the value of a seed is not judged by how much or how big, but on what it means to the giver. Notice in Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5 and uh, verse 3, Luke 5, 3. This is talking about Jesus. It says, he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep. 
and let down your nets for a draw. Now here's the thing that you've got to ask yourself. What authorized Jesus to tell him that? They had been a seed sown. You launch out and you let down your net for a catch, for a drop. And Simon answering said, Master, we've toiled all night and taken nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Now, just because I want to be a good pastor, verse 4 Jesus says nets, and verse 5, it says net in the King James. In the original Greek, both of them say nets. Nets. All right? Because you'll hear people teach, and they'll say, well, you know, Peter just threw out a net there that he didn't care anything about. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say that. Does it? doesn't say that he took an old rotten net that he didn't care anything about. It says, he said, at your word, I will let down the nets. See, you, you got to be cautious. Even if somebody says, well, this is what the Lord told me about this verse. If it's not there, you can't preach it. Right? When they, when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their nets break. And they beckoned their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, and they were beginning to sink. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Because of his seed, Peter went from nothing to too much within a matter of minutes. His seed and his obedience. Jesus said, I need your boat. He said, here's my boat. He said, now, let down your nets. Okay. And he did it. With your seed speaking for you, it won't be long. You'll come out. It won't be long. You'll come out. There are people in the sound of my voice. You've sowed for debt freedom. It's talking right now. Your seed is speaking, and it, you're going to come out. You say, how do you know that? Because you sowed the seed for debt freedom. And in the kingdom is debt freedom. Because Jesus talked about uh, in Matthew 6, he said, uh, don't, 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 don't worry about what you'll eat, what you'll drink, wherewithal you'll be clothed after all these things do the Gentiles seek. Your heavenly Father knows you have need of all these. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things. One translation says, all these things and more beside will be added to you. So what's the more beside? What else do you need besides that? What, what above and beyond that do you need? Food, clothing, shelter, those things. What do you need beyond that? If it's debt freedom, it's in the kingdom. How do you access it? Through a seed. Amen. You don't get debt freedom by praying for it. You get debt freedom by sowing for it. Amen. You don't get, you, right? And, and it's all in the kingdom of God. And so that seed, that debt freedom, that seed that you sow becomes a memorial that talks about your debt freedom consistently. Your seed is talking. Amen. Amen. Your seed is talking. It's a memorial to God. Every offering you bring to God is a memorial. It's kept on record. It's there. 
It's a living substance. It's a quantity that you can weigh, that you can see. Jesus said you have a bank account in heaven that you can withdraw from and you can, you can deposit into. Paul said in Philippians 4, he said, I don't desire a gift from you. I desire seed that would accumulate to your account. Amen. Let's look at it, Philippians 4. Is this okay with y'all? Glory be to God. Because this is your time of increase. And my time of increase. I remember one time I was asking the Lord. I was praying and, and uh, uh, so much that he was having us do. At that point we were moving into, to, we, were, we were pressing into to coming to Little Rock and, and, and pastoring two churches and, and having two uh, two different residences and all the things that go with that. And I was praying and I wasn't questioning the Lord. I just said, Lord, I need to know how. You know, faith, faith does not refrain from asking how. That's not doubt. When, when, when Mary said, when the angel Gabriel said, you're going to give birth to a child, Mary said, hmm, uh, how's that going to happen? Seeing I've never known a man. Well, the angel didn't say, that's doubt and unbelief. I'm going to strike you dumb until the baby's born. That's why he did Zechariah. Right? Because Zechariah doubted. Mary just wanted to know, how is this possible? Right? I know something about biology. <laughs> it's not physically possible. And he said, well, this is how it's going to happen. So I said, Lord, how are we going to do all this because I'll do anything you're asking me to do, but how do we do it? And he said this to me. He said, it's real simple. You have to increase. That was it. You have to increase. You know how you're going to get everything you need? You're going to increase. How are you going to increase? You're going to sow seed and you're going to increase. That sounds too simple. I know, isn't it great? He didn't complicate it. He said you could sow and reap, give and receive. Amen. And the, and the bigger seed you put in the ground, the more increase comes. The, the, the more your heart's attached to it. So uh, Philippians 4, notice something here. I'm going to hurry because I'm watching my time. Paul says, verse 12, I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I'm instructed to be full and hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. So Paul's saying when I'm going through a challenge, I'm, I'm fine. When I'm, when, I'm, when I'm not in a challenge, I'm fine. He says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Notwithstanding, you have well done that you did communicate with me in my affliction. Now you Philippians know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning, now look at these words, giving and receiving, but you only. Giving and receiving. Why is that important? Because if you give, the reciprocal is receiving. Right? I mean, when you breathe in, what do you do next? Breathe out. What if you don't breathe out? <laughs> You're going to die. <laughs> right? Amen. You breathe in and you breathe out. You breathe in and you breathe out. You give and you receive. You give 
and you receive. And notice Paul said that no church communicated with me. One translation says, I believe it's the Amplified Bible, says no church entered into a debit and credit with me except you only. Giving and receiving. Even in Thessalonica, you sent once again to my necessity. Not because I desire a gift, I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Your account. I have all and abound, I'm full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God, but my God shall supply. Now, now look at the, the sequence of order. God first, supply second, need last. God, supply, and need. And notice it doesn't say needs. It says need. Because here's the thing. People will say this. Well, when I got born again, all my sins were forgiven. Well, they were, but in reality, what happened according to Scripture and according to redemptive theology is sin was taken care of. And when sin was taken care of, all your sins were taken care of. Because you cut the head off the snake and the body dies. So need is, needs are a result of need. When someone can't pay their bills, they say, I'm in need. Not in needs. I'm in need. And Paul said, God would supply all of your need. Mm. Isn't that great? How? Giving and receiving. Giving and receiving. Sowing and reaping. And it's according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You know, that's our standing. There, there, there's no money in heaven. There's not a bank vault in heaven with cash piled up. He supplies it through the riches of the glory that we have in our standing with Him. When you sow a seed, you enter into this spiritual covenant. You enter into this spiritual aspect and things begin to change. And Paul said they did this once and again. And notice, he said that this was abounding to their account and that God would supply all their need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So when you think about the need being supplied, you're looking at what God can provide and not what you can provide. Now, but Pastor, you don't know how much debt I have. Yeah, but I know what God can provide. Think, think about this. I, I, I want you to see this. I'm going to say it so many ways we're going to get it. If God does not, is not impressed by numbers, he's not impressed by what people give, then he's not impressed by what people owe. It doesn't shake God up. Yeah, but, you know, I owe $400,000 in debt. That doesn't shake God up. If you owe something, 
You need to begin to ask God, what do I need to sow? Because if you go and say, what do I need to do? That's the first thing. What do I need to sow? What do I need to get in the ground? Because I need to get a harvest coming in. Amen. And so God, who's not moved by what people do and what they give, amen. Somebody can give a million dollars in one check, and God's grateful, I mean, in the sense that He's honored by their giving, especially if their heart's in it, but it, it doesn't wow Him. He doesn't look at the angels and go, look there, a million dollar check. Can you believe that? But yet if somebody comes to him with a million dollars in debt, it doesn't move him. Because if you're not moved by the amount that is given, you can't be moved by the amount that's needed. So right now, right now, tonight, fruit is abounding to your account. Amen. God is right now supplying all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah, but you know, I've been asking God for a house, but you know, they're expensive. What God provides, with what God provides, He sustains. If God gives you a house, He'll provide the means for you to take care of it. Amen. Do you see that? You, you've got to get this all in the same context. You can sow your way out of anything and sow your way into anything. It's just the way it works. Amen. I told somebody one time, I said, you can't stop me. I can sow a seed. As long as I got a seed, there's nothing anybody can do about it. Amen. Because God responds to our giving. He responds to our seed. So with your seed speaking for you, it won't be long. You're going to come out. You are going to come out. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to come out. Now, I don't know, and, and I'm going to wrap up with this. I don't know what your specific need may be. It may be, like we've talked about, debt. It may be that you need more income coming in, or, or whatever the case may be. When you examine your life and you examine your heart, and you say, Lord, I'm doing everything that I know to do. I'm taking every step that I know to take in the natural. I'm, I'm budgeting my money. I'm watching what I'm doing. Uh, I'm not going out and making any great extra expenditures. Now, Lord, I need to know what's the next step. Amen. Because if you're believing for financial victory and financial abundance, you know, you need to be budgeting your money. You need to have a budget. You need to be saving. You need to be planning and preparing. Right? But even sometimes with all of that, there's, there's still these... Cha- now, I need to go to God... And you want to go to God with communion elements and you want to go to God with the body and the blood of Jesus and you want to be honest about it and be honorable about it and say, Father, this is something that I need in my life and I need you to tell me what to do. I'll finish with this. When Pastor Michelle and I were really getting a hold of the word, my God, this has been, what, 20, almost 30 years ago now. And... uh, uh, she was working nights. She was working at, uh, there's a, a grocery store chain in Kansas City area called Price Chopper. And she was working nights at Price Chopper. Uh, she would go in at, at 3, work 3 to 11 shift. 
And uh, I'd be at home with the kids. We had one baby and, and, and the two older kids at that time. And, uh, uh, of course, it gave me a lot of time in the Word. And one night, after, actually afternoon, I went and I got Malachi chapter 3 out. And I went over to it and I put my finger on Malachi chapter 3. And I said to the Lord, this isn't working. You said you'd open the windows of heaven. Pour out on me a blessing there's not room enough to receive. Now, this isn't working in my life. Now, watch. I said, now, I know you're not the problem, and your word's not the problem. So that leaves one person, me. What do I need to do? Well, he showed me. My life changed. But where did it start? Being honest. I know your word's not wrong. You said this in your word. No, your word's not wrong. What do I need to do? But I'll have people come to me all the time and say, well, I'm giving and it's not working. Well, there's your problem right there. Because you're giving, but you're saying it's not working. So the moment that seed went in the ground and you said it's not working, you pulled it up. What you sow, let it stay sowed. And what you say, let it stay said. If you said, God is supplying all my need, let that stay said. Whatever comes up, don't change it. Don't change it. Why? Because every seed you sow is going to be sowed on the heels of the momentum of what you said. It's happening right now in the name of Jesus. Then when you sow a seed, it gets in that flow. And what you do is you supercharge the spiritual soil and the seed starts taking root even faster and your harvest will start coming quicker. Because you're preparing the ground even more. I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost that there's things that have been taken that have taken two or three years. You're going to see them come to pass in six months. There are things that have taken six months. They're going to come in six weeks. Why? Because we're entering into this time of time compression. We're entering into this season where things are going to happen quicker and happen quicker and happen quicker. Why? Because there's, there, if we believe that we're in the last of the last days and we have a short time, then God's got to do things for us quicker than He's ever done. Amen. The prophet stood in the gate of Samaria when they were having a, a famine, and he said, I'm telling you that tomorrow about this time, there's going to be a surplus. There's going to be so much surplus that they're going to be selling, they're going to be selling seed and corn at a discount. And the man standing right next to him said, if God opened the windows of heaven, that might happen. And the prophet said, well, it's going to happen, but you're not going to, you're not going to partake. Amen. And so they're in a famine where they're, it's so bad, they're boiling children and eating them. They're eating donkey's heads. They're eating cat, uh, 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 dove's dung. It's pretty bad. One day, it's that bad. The next day, they got a surplus, and they're selling stuff at a discount. Time compression. Time compression. What we read about Peter, time compression. Worked all night and got nothing. In a matter of moments, Jesus gave him more than he could have got all week. Because of a seed. Now, there's always going to be people who say, well, I don't know if I believe that. That's fine. You won't be bothered with it. Amen. But as for me, I'm going to take all I can get and receive it. Our church is going to receive it. 
we're moving into our beautiful, amen, debt-free, turnkey building in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, stand up, everyone. Praise God. You have to give me your word. You know, I'm going to let, get you out of here early. You're not going to go get all wild on us. and whoo, Go get a sundae or an ice cream cone or something. Amen. Hallelujah. Huh? Popcorn. Amen. God's good. Amen. Say it out loud, though, before we go. Raise one hand to God. Say, Father, I want you to show me what I need to do to break the back of any lack, of any need in my life. Because I want to honor you. This is not just for me. This is for the kingdom. Show me. Reveal to me. And I'll do it. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now if you meant that, He's going to show you. He's going to show you. Amen.